up your name sometimes <laughs> that's why and you said it's okay to say that your real name is marky yeah and totally so fun. sometimes i'm gonna do that also this is the type of podcast where we say fuck yeah let's so, just let's get that so out of the way let's get that fast. out of the way let's get the fact that i'm gonna get your name wrong sometimes yeah. i was not smart enough to use a pseudonym when i was starting out so my name is just kurt just kurt just kurt uh welcome everyone to our podcast yeah we're just coming out the gate swinging here we are the wrong names and f-bombs love it yes <laughs> welcome to the chaos uh so marky and i damn it maz and i <laughs> have started this podcast <laughs> because we exist in the same space mm -hmm. almost every day of the week yep and we talk shit about stuff all the time constantly and we were like you know what would be fun doing more work yes yeah more work and making everyone listen to our bullshit yes so, <laughs> so that's why this exists welcome yes. no but for real what we are hoping to do with this is have like some really fun conversations not only about like the things that we're doing on a regular basis keeping our quote-unquote fans it's still weird to think yeah like I, to have that I notion say readers in my head to help does not, that help? Yeah, it does. Okay. I'm like, oh, they read my books. Like that's a normal true, true, true. thing. So if I say they're my fans, I just immediately feel like an asshole. Yes. Which is something I'm trying to get over. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm like, no, they just read books. And they, one of them happens to be mine sometimes. I like that so much better. Yeah. So dear readers, mm -hmm. this is for you. We hope we are providing a service and you are learning more about like our work, our process, what's coming, um, some of the behind the scenes nonsense. Um, but also we're going to be like roping in our friends mm -hmm. and the people we work with to just chat about queer stories in general. Um, obviously, the world we live in is books. So mm -hmm. we're going to be talking to a lot of authors, but right. not necessarily exclusively. Mm -hmm. Time will tell what yep. we actually chat about and who we who we talk to um we're open to evolution is what i'm saying yeah for sure so and there better be some because this is already going great <laughs> um but otherwise like what should listeners expect when they when they tune in for an episode of the podcast what should they expect mm -hmm. um a lot of more of this like nonsense and silliness mm -hmm. but also a lot of the interviews that we've done so far have started off very much like oh what's your book about da, da, da. and then we like deep dive into our psyche or like big, huge social problems and things like that so it's it's been a blast yeah before. spoiler alert yeah queer artists have trauma yeah, yeah lots, apparently. <laughs> and we unpack some of it and probably sometimes healthy ways sometimes just us being way over the top silly so exactly exactly <laughs> so um why are we talking so this this first, I guess, season, we'll call it, th mm -hmm. this This will not be super structured, right. dear readers. Um, <laughs> I am embracing that whole cloth. Yeah. Uh, this will not be super structured, but let's say our first season, we are really focusing on speculative fiction. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's mostly because, like, that's the world that we met in right. and that we spend a lot of time in. You're a speculative fiction writer, meaning sci-fi fantasy, urban fantasy 
um, all of those things. Uh, And I do a lot of work in that realm, especially my really high profile things, which have mostly been TJ Klune Mm -hmm. books. And so that's all in the world of sci-fi fantasy. So we're like, why not start there? Yeah, that's kind of where both of our passions are. Like, I think it's established that we both love all kinds of stories and we go all over the place with what we love. But that one, it seems like we always kind of fall back into. Like, that's a comfort read kind of thing for me. Like, if I really don't know what I want to read, I'll always just go for shifters or something. So Yeah, same. When I'm scrolling through Libro FM mm-hmm. or the other evil audiobook app, um, like, that's usually, like, the genre I go looking in. It's, like, fantasy. Because, like, I just... I love magic. I love the escapism of it. And that's mm-hmm. sort of something we get into with some of our the authors that we've already talked to. So in future interviews, you'll hear a similar theme. But like escapism, I think, is a part of the queer media experience. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, there's there, there's just a comfort there in like escaping to another world and getting to have fun. Yeah. So sure. should we get this part out of the way? Yeah, yeah, let's let's rip it off. Rip like a that band-aid, band-aid off. Mm-hmm. So this podcast that you're listening to right now is free. <laughs> you're welcome. But yes, there will be a Patreon. <laughs> I you knew it was coming. Don't act shocked. Like if you're listening to it, you're like, okay, what when is it when, when are we getting happening? to that part? Yeah, yes, exactly. yes, yes. So we will be starting a Patreon for this podcast. Mm-hmm. And behind that paywall, we'll go into much more detail about this when we actually like launch it and announce it. Um, But there will be bonus episodes of this podcast uh, where people can listen to maybe some bonus interviews. We're going to be talking about like some uh, media that we both consume and we can uh, talk back and forth about Uh, who knows what crazy shenanigans we'll get into on that side of things. (laughs) Um, but in addition to just things about the podcast, we will also be creating some original exclusive audio content. Yes. I'm really excited about that. Cause that's, well, I mean, I'm super excited cause I get to write some of it. <laughs> so, but yeah, it's going to be hopefully some cool stuff that I normally wouldn't have time for. So I kind of am like forcing myself to carve out time to do these fun little niche projects. So yeah, I'm excited. I think mm-hmm. we've got some really cool stuff cooked up. Yes. So. And one of the things that we will be doing as a part of our Patreon group is we will be releasing an audiobook yeah. every month. So there will be a tier where you get an audiobook as a part of your membership mm-hmm. each month. And the very first one that we will be releasing will be, drumroll please, Gardens and Ghosts, Relic number five. So the last of my Relic series, we're going to release the audiobook on our store Patreon situation. So I'm so excited about that. Yes. So more details on that to come. Mm -hmm. Um, And we're sussing out working with some other authors so that we can bring their work um, to audio uh, through this sort of like pseudo publishing arm of the podcast, Mm -hmm. like audiobook publishing arm of the podcast. Um, And like you said, you'll be creating some original content for, for the, the Patreon as well. So basically if you've ever seen an audiobook narrator or an author have a Patreon, it's that, (laughs) but we've teamed up. Mm -hmm. So it's both. Yes. And I think it's also important to mention right up front that like our philosophy on like, 
when we will start to devote time to creating this content is going to be about volume, not like high priced tiers. Yeah. Yeah. So we're trying to keep it as accessible as possible for everyone. Try to keep the price down low. So it's more like a base tier, invite all your friends so we can make more content kind of thing. So Mm -hmm. yeah, our aim is not to make it to where we've got all these crazy ass tiers and we're promising things that we can't deliver or making it to where it's not as accessible to people. So yeah, that's our base philosophy. And as far as the audiobooks are concerned, even if you don't want to subscribe to the Patreon, um, we will still have an online store where you can buy that content, Mm -hmm. um, but it'll be at full price. Right. You know, it'll be the full production price of, of creating an audiobook. Um, and our Patreon members will have like a member price. Um, or, as we said, there will be an audiobook tier that mm-hmm. you can join. And if you pay that monthly fee, you get the audiobook. Um, and so, yes, so much more information to come out about that as we finalize it. Um, if you are somebody who has wanted your audiobook narrated by Kurt Graves uh, and you always thought that there was too much of a hurdle when it comes to the cost of production, which is certainly something I understand, um, you are the types of authors and projects that we are looking to promote mm-hmm. as a part of this, uh, to give people the experience of having their book produced um, in a slightly untraditional way yeah we're mixing it up which i totally dig yeah kind of adding different options and expanding what's already out there. yeah it's it's sort of like crowdfunding yeah audiobook production but you don't have to do the crowdfunding up front yeah we (laughs) we're we're gonna do it (laughs) we're we're going out on a limb and assuming that there there will be a demand for for the work that we're creating um and so much more like Mm -hmm. we have a whole list based on like how many members join the patreon um, and again, it will be about how many people want the content, not about how much you're willing to pay for it. Right. right. So that is all. That's all coming. You knew it was coming. We've, we've talked about it now. I feel like us coming out the gate with it, though, might help. So we're like, we didn't slip in or right, sneak right, right. in. We're like, no, no, we're being up front. Like, mm-hmm. we've, got, we've got big plans. Right. So. Like, as much as we both love creating things for free. Y- yes. <laughs> we are also artists Mm -hmm. who work and like so part of this journey is creating something that we hope has enough value uh that it will spur people to join the patreon support us in that way monetarily Mm -hmm. and it will give us more time to create more stuff yeah so that's that's our goal um and we are certainly again going to be creating content that is never behind a paywall. Mm-hmm. These episodes, this nonsense, um, that is for people who who say, no thank you to the Patreon, but I find you interesting enough to at least listen to you when you're free. Yeah, which is awesome and valid, and I love it. So, mm-hmm. like, if you can't toss in for the Patreon, okay, cool. Yeah. Just enjoy the content and just keep being awesome. Right. So, Or don't. Or don't. Maybe this isn't your thing. <laughs> I don't know why you'd still be listening. This to many this minutes point, in. They're just hate listening. Right. Yeah. Ooh, you know, but I do that sometimes too. I, I've, there's been whole series on like Netflix that I hate watch and Alex knows when I'm hate watching mm-hmm. something. He'll pass through and be like, are you doing that again? Yeah. I'm like, it's cathartic. Yeah. I hate this. <laughs> there's a particular YouTube series that every time I watch one, I walk into the next room and I was like, well, Maz. <laughs> this bitch. And I was like, I can't believe this just happened on this YouTube series. Yep, yep. You'll never believe what they're doing. <laughs> So, ah, I don't know. Maybe we can inspire a 
hate watch or hate listen podcast. Yeah. It could be this, the Hoof and Fang podcast, mm-hmm. and another one tearing it apart. Who's going to start that one? <laughs> We're waiting. All right. So oh, Lord. more of what we're going to be talking about each week is like what's going on in our lives and, mm-hmm. and what are we what are we doing? So um, maybe because it is our first episode, we should just like introduce ourselves a little bit in it's our lives. Not a bad idea. Um, so, yeah, if you're coming into this totally cold and you don't know who we are, um, I'm Maz slash Marky. Um, I write um, right now gay romance specifically. I'm hoping to kind of dabble into sapphic and other queer things later but right now it's just mm um big emphasis on paranormal stuff so i've got like dinosaur shifters centaur shifters uh got a book with a demon in it um so kind of more of the wild and crazy stuff but that's necromancer necromancer i keep forgetting about poor dallas yeah stop it i know (laughs) i'm like actively working on his story i'm like i have dinosaurs who's this guy yeah but yeah my guy yeah (laughs) yes yeah, that's that's my that's me in a nutshell. Yeah, and I basically narrate. Well, I narrate everything that Maz has written mm-hmm. that is currently available in audio. Mm-hmm. Just me. Yep, just you. It's just it's me. Exclusive. So, uh, and then I've narrated for a lot of other queer authors uh, and and authors who write queer content. It's very much my niche in the audiobook world. Not that it's the only thing I can or want to do, but like. I very much live in that niche of like queer storytelling, which has been really cool and empowering for me. Um, for those who don't know me, I got into audiobooks in 2016 when I was selected by TJ Klune to narrate Wolf Song, uh, which was the first book in his what became the Green Creek series. I don't think any of us knew in 2016 what what that series was going to become. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a very indie project. I recorded that, you know, in the upstairs closet in my house and like was learning audiobook production as I was recording. Uh, and somehow it caught fire and like people are still loving that audiobook. Mm-hmm. Um, TJ Klune has since gone from an indie author to a mainstream author picked up by uh, Tor and Macmillan mm-hmm. and. Macmillan has actually, in their imprint tour, has bought the Green Creek series and is now re-releasing it in hardcover in, like, real bookstores. Yeah, it's crazy. With, like, limited editions and painted covers, or painted edges, rather, yeah. and things like that. It's it's really crazy, because I am picked that up the same time that you got into the narrating part of it so i've been following tj and that series for years and just watching it be this like from a tiny crappy press that he used to work with to this like all of his stuff's in barnes and noble and you walk in there's huge displays and things it's it's crazy yeah so 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 that was my journey i mean we skipped like 200 books in the (laughs) telling of that story um not quite 200 i'm i'm i will hit 200 books by the end of this year so and it's been narrating audiobooks has been my full-time job uh for about five years now because I'm very fortunate to have a loving wonderful husband who brought me to Green Bay Wisconsin Mm -hmm. which is where we both live now Um, and in doing so allowed me to pursue audiobook production as a career rather than just a a side hustle Uh, and so far knock on wood it has worked out Mm -hmm. 
Um, so yeah, I was I was living and working in Green Bay, and one day I get a message. <laughs> yeah. From Marky. Yeah. Very, on Facebook. Yeah. Very crazy. Like it happened so fast. So my husband got a job out in Green Bay, and we we're originally from Dallas, so fucking a totally different planet. Um, so I remembered that you had lived in Wisconsin, but I had no connection as to like where in Wisconsin you were. So yeah, as soon as we got the news, I was like, hi, I hope you live near here because (laughs) I literally know no one in Wisconsin. So when you weren't even sure you were coming yet, when you sent that message, you're like, Hey, there's this opportunity. I might be moving to green Bay. Mm -hmm. And I was like, what? Yeah. (laughs) No way. (laughs) That is, I am not near that city. I am inside that city. That is where I live. Yeah. It was crazy. So, and then. Did that happen? Like, did I know you moved during the pandemic, like yep. the early weeks, early months of the pandemic? Yeah. But had the uh, did the job opportunity come before that? Like, did we know there was a possibility even before it was we started isolating? Yeah, because I think it was like way early twenty twenty. It's like January. I think, okay. Is when he finally got the like official like, hey, we're doing this. Right. At that point. We were our I think our lease was up in May because I think that's when we came and I, we were like freaking out, scrambling. I was like, oh, my God, we got to pack this whole house and like figure out how to move all of this stuff like to like Green Bay, which mm-hmm. is like a thousand miles away. So, yeah, it was crazy. So when we actually got on the road was when all of it had kicked off, like, you know, yeah. my, my office because I still have a full time job. So my office had shut down. So they were like, well, we'll let you work remote for a little while. Mm -hmm. Spoiler alert. I still do. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's fine. But yeah, it was, it was harrowing. And so Mm -hmm. we would like, every time we had to stop for gas, we weren't sure what the protocols were. Like we had masks, but it was still kind of like weird depending Mm -hmm. on like where you were, if people were following it or we didn't really know like how the how that stuff behaved. Right. Yeah. I mean, so it was crazy. so early that like, we mm-hmm. still didn't even know like if masking worked or like, right. I think we were still like wiping down our groceries with Clorox. Yeah. Yeah. At, you know, after going grocery shopping, like that, that was the environment mm-hmm. when Maz moved to Wisconsin and I was like, hi, welcome. This is my office. Yeah. Would you like to hang out here since you're working remotely? Yeah. That was cool. And also very selfishly. And it's, it's weird remembering this now, but like it was only supposed to be a few months mm-hmm. like ex- contract that you were able to work yeah. remotely. And it was so very selfishly. I was like, when that's done, she's going to like become a full time author. And then we're going to be like full time creatives working in the same office. And we're God, I, I probably like was manifesting this mm-hmm. way back then. Yeah. And thinking like, oh, obviously we'll start doing stuff together. Oh, for sure. And like create content and like. But yeah. then. The world never went back to normal. It really did. And remote work became the norm. And here we go. Here we I are. Think, I think you manifested the seeds and it just took a while for us to be like, why haven't we started a podcast yet? Right. So. And that really was kind of how this came about. Yeah. It was just like, wait, why? Aren't... Well, okay. And if we're going to be totally honest, which I think we should be. Yeah. Brutal honesty. Mm-hmm. Part of it is that we've seen other people creating these Patreons, mm-hmm. like, people who are narrators in my industry, people are authors in your industry. Um, And some of them wildly successful, not all of them wildly successful. Um, And there's always been a part of me that sees any form of like self-promotion or like promotion of my own work as Mm -hmm. kind of cringy. Like I, I'm just so Midwestern (laughs) that like, I cannot talk about the things I do in a positive light without feeling like, 
oh, I'm so sorry. I just bragged. Yeah, was that a just, brag? Yeah. You know? Yeah. And so the, as we talked about that and we agreed like it's so, and, and also to imagine spending the time to create That's the big one so for much content for like a Patreon, mm-hmm. it just became clear that like it wasn't something either one of us wanted to do as individuals, mm-hmm. but we both saw the value of teaming up. Right. So that way we could be creating things side by side, mm-hmm. have that cheerleader next yeah, yeah. to you to be you know, somebody to hold you accountable. Yeah, that's yeah. Accountability is um, a big one for me. Like Alex has uh, started doing like short stories and stuff. And when he sits down to write, I'm like, oh, shit, I need to write. So it's like mm-hmm. helping with my word count. So being able to have you here being like, well, hey, I got to like record this. So like. Yeah, it's tough. I could be like, oh, shit. Right. And vice versa. And also, it's so much easier for me to promote things that you do that I think are cool. (laughs) And then hopefully you can do the same for me. Oh, yeah. Yeah. This is the trade off because I'm the same way. I don't I I never know how to talk about myself. My in the nutshell is like, hey, I write gay stuff. Like, Mm -hmm. I I don't know. I don't want to sit here and talk about myself. It's not I'm not good at it. I don't like it. So same. Yeah, same. Well, but now that's what we're doing. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> so now that boundaries. now that we've gotten that out of the way, mm-hmm. what are you working on right now? Um, right now, so Gardens and Ghosts is done, but I've got it. I'm running it through one more proofreader just to c- try to catch any little tiny things. And but, for anybody who doesn't know, that's the fifth and final book yes. in your Relic series, mm-hmm. which is about dinosaur shifters. Yes. Falling in love. Yes. Yeah, they're dinosaur shifters. Um, when they're not being cool, badass dinosaurs, they repatriate stolen fossils back to their home country. So they go into the black markets and steal them back and give them to, to museums and universities and wherever they're supposed to be going. Um, so the final book in that series comes out in September, September 22nd. So it's it's done. It's just getting one more coat of polish to make sure that there's no goofiness. Um, but other than that, I'm working on a short story for a dinosaur romance anthology that comes out the beginning of 2024. And I'm working on the uh, draft for Wild Contracts number two. Yay. Yay. So that's what so I'm So Wild Contracts is Maz's series about Dallas, who's a necromancer, mm-hmm. private investigator. Yeah. Of like demons in the occult yeah so he's a he's a necromancer by passion but by trade he's an assassin and also a fish trainer he trains fish yeah so he's he's, very cool i got to narrate the audiobook the first (laughs) audiobook and i am obsessed this is the series that i'm like marky maz like mermaid what i would like for you to do is write 12 more of these books because they're so fun so that's i will be the part of this podcast will be just me pressuring you to continue to write nice those stories unless okay. they get stale if i stop pressuring you to write more i'll know what's going on yeah, yeah. it's like okay we're oh, done. Well, that, that'll be the last one then yeah i don't like i don't care for closure like okay. i don't like the series i've finished First of all, most of the series I finished have somehow extended into some other series. Like they turn into something else. Yeah, yeah. But also it just feels very sad to like let a whole world go. Yeah. No, I'm so. the same way. Like when I when I finish a series, I'm usually pretty devastated. Like either well, usually as a writer as or I'm sorry, as a reader, as a writer, I'm like ready to jump on the next thing immediately. But as a reader, if I finish a series i'm like gutted because i'm like Mm -hmm. i don't want to read something else i just want to go back to this right i get it yeah so what are you working on kurt 
Thank you for asking. Yeah. <laughs> I am right now I'm recording uh, a book for Tantor. Uh, it is, I think, the final book in the Shore Thing series by okay. uh, Jacqueline Quinn. It's the second series I've, I think now I've completed for her after this this fifth and final book is done. Um, contemporary male male romance, best friends by uh, an inn and a restaurant and like a touring company and... Okay. Surprise, surprise, all five of them find love over the course of the series. <laughs> Revolutionary. Oh my God, you know? groundbreaking. <laughs> yes. Um, so I'm working on that right now. Um, I've recently finished uh, the fourth book in Tavia Lark's uh, Perilous Courts. Nice. We talked to Tavia. We've already done her interview, so mm-hmm. that's something you have to look forward to. We'll be talking about that series uh, in more detail. Um and then right before that, and should be coming out very, very soon, if it isn't already by the time this hits, because ACX is wild, mm-hmm. um, I finished O.E. Tierman's seventh book in the Aces High Jokers Wild. That's the name. I remembered Aces, and I couldn't remember that. Aces High Jokers Wild yeah. is the name of the series. We also talked to the author duo that is O.E. Tierman, mm-hmm. so that interview is coming your way as well, so you'll find out more about that. But, yeah, a lot of the things that, like, people we've already talked to for the podcast, like, all their stuff sort of coalesced around yeah. the time that we're now actually launching it. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. that's good. That's yeah, good. for sure. Yeah. Timing is good on that. Right, right. But yeah, both of the, like both Tavia's and O.E. Tierman's series, like Tavia's I've, I haven't listened to myself, but after talking with her, I was like, oh my God. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, that is bumped dramatically up yes. on my to be read list. And then the uh, O.E. Tierman stuff, I already adore like that's such a fun series. Yeah. So, and actually, oh, the other thing I finished that I forgot about. See, and this will be a theme, dear readers. <laughs> uh I often very quickly forget about the books I just narrated because I have to launch immediately into the next one. And so like two books ago is like, what, what had happened? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I will, as now part of this podcast, I will have a record of like the work that I've done and when I was doing it and how I felt about it as it was happening. That's kind of cool. Which, yeah. Yeah. Like most of the last few years, like I, I couldn't, I would look at a cover. You could show me a cover of a book I narrated and I would be like, that's pretty. You. Yeah. <laughs> Who did that? Twas me. Oh, wonder, wonder what it's about. It. Yeah. yeah. I, have, I have no memory. Um, but I, I also recently finished Kiki Clark's second book in her contemporary romance series. Okay. Uh, and we'll be hearing more from Kiki in just a little bit. Yes. But before we uh, shoot to her interview, you recently just this weekend, mm-hmm. had uh, an experience as with your author hat on. You went to meet me in Milwaukee. Yes. So how was that? It was fun. It's So it's a, a much smaller little romance convention. Um, apparently next year they're going to be doubling in size, so it's not going to be like super, super small anymore. But the past two years has been nice and intimate and, and amazing, actually. Like I tend to do really well sales-wise at this, which is always surprising. I'd like, like these tiny ones. I'm like, oh, I'll sell it because... It's a mixed bag. It's mostly MF romance authors there. So there is some crossover, but not like a huge amount of crossover. So Mm -hmm. I was honestly, I didn't bring a ton of stock the first year that I went. And I was like, oh, I'll make connections. I'll have fun, whatever. Um, And I ended up doing pretty good. And then this year was the same. Like the authors that they invite are super cool. The uh, readers are delightful because they're kind of like dedicated to the genre and they're like, 
there's not like a ton of foot track of traffic. So mm-hmm. there's plenty of time for people to like stop and talk to me. So they're not being pushed away from people trying to meander too much. Um, one of the best experiences, and I'm always delighted when somebody takes me by surprise, but this, uh, the first year I went, it was this, this, uh, gentleman walked up to the table. And so he was like, Oh, what do you write? And so I gave him my whole elevator spit, uh, pitch and, uh, the elevator spit, the, elevator the classic spit. elevator spit. And he took it well. Mm-hmm. No, he, uh, was like, Oh, okay. And he was like, well, my wife really likes these. And I was like, great. And he ended up picking up like three or four books. He read them. It is now in my reader group. Amazing. I was like, this is amazing, right? Like the total dark horse. I wasn't expecting it, but he was like, yeah, they're really good. I read them all. And this is now in my reader group. I don't know if his wife is, but he definitely is. <laughs> she didn't care for them. Yeah. But yeah, <laughs> James is great. And he hangs out in the reader group. But this year there was, um, this, it's always little old ladies who is like, it could go either way. And this, this woman walked up and she was like asking me about my book. And when I say like centaur shifters or dinosaur shifters, you either get the like, Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. thank you. And, and that's keep... before you get to up the butt. Yeah, exactly. They're like, oh, mm-hmm. and they just wander. Or they take a card to be polite, and then they walk away. But like her whole face lit up, and she was like, really? And I was like, <laughs> yeah. And it's gay romance, da da da. And she's like, okay. And she like picks up all of them. She ends up getting like Ethan and Jack that had demons in it. And I was like, well, this has demons. She's like, great. Like slaps <laughs> it down. She grabbed the first of Wild Contracts, and I think she got Smash and Grab too. And I was like. Okay. okay yeah and she ended up winning um one of the big raffles that happened and there was a cover uh model there he was like invited to be there and he was a, he was a very nice dude but man he was playing it up when she got the basket <laughs> so he handed it to her and he goes well i'm part of the prize and she goes what and he goes yeah i'm going with you so like are we going to your car and she's like well my husband's picking me up and he goes that's fine you have another seat <laughs> like, and she just was just being a delight about it. it was great so it was really fun so i'm hoping to go back again next year that sounds like an awesome thing yeah it was, it was a good time yeah all i did was remodel my garage but that's been a hell of a project yeah it really really has yeah it's, it I was gonna say, really a- all of the recording i talked about happened before i remodeled my garage spent <laughs> a sot like way too many days mm-hmm. it was supposed to be five it tur- dear readers it turned out to be more than five yeah big time yeah so Ah, oh, well, I'm glad that was a positive experience. Mm-hmm. Perhaps next year I can go check it out because yeah. I, I wanted to this year and the timing just didn't didn't work. But especially if it's going to be larger, that mm-hmm. could be sounds like it could be a blast. Yeah. Um, and Milwaukee is so close. It's nice to. Yeah, that's that was one of the reasons I signed up is because it's like a two hour drive. And mm-hmm. I was like, I, I could do that. Yeah. So, yeah, but I like it a lot. Awesome. So great. Yeah. It's time to kick to our interview. Yes. So. Uh, Kiki Clark is the first interview that we are sharing on the Hoof and Fang podcast. A small town Michigan girl, Kiki has enjoyed reading since she first picked up a YA fantasy novel as a child. After that, she devoured everything she could get her hands on and dreamed of one time writing her own books that touched people's hearts. In her early 20s, she discovered LGBTQ romances and had a realization. These were her people, and this was where she belonged. Nearly 10 years later, she proudly joined the ranks of authors releasing character-driven, emotionally satisfying books showcasing that everyone deserves to find love. Welcome to the podcast, Kiki Clark. Kiki Clark, we're so excited to be talking with you. Hello, it's so nice to be here. 
so I have had the pleasure of working on your books. But, a few of them, yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you and I actually haven't had the chance to like really talk one-on-one that much. So I'm really, excited no. just to learn more about you. Um, can you start just by like telling us about your author journey, like how you came to be a writer? Sure, sure. Um, so I've always wanted to be a writer. I feel like a lot of readers feel that way. Like you grow up reading and you're like, yes, this is what I want to do. But then like, you know, real life stuff is like, "Mm, but can you? So, you know, I did the whole college thing and that took me a little while because I kept changing what I wanted to to do. But after I graduated, I did a couple of different jobs and I was like, "Uh, none of this is like, really working for me um and I ended up getting into like the editing side of self-publishing and like working with some authors that way and I was like you know what if they can do it so can I so in 2019 I finally was like okay let's let's buckle down and do something and it took most of 2019 to write that first Kincaid pack book like I finished it Thanksgiving Day that year and then published it in January of 2020, not knowing that the world was about to end. (laughs) It was a fantastic time to start my my journey of self-employment. Yeah, none of us got the memo on that. Yeah. No, no, no. And actually I feel like it wasn't that bad because a lot of people were like at home and were like, what should I do with my time? And I'm like, hey read this book you might enjoy it and so Mm -hmm. it like the hardest part at least for me and I feel like other authors and I have talked about it was not like not getting sucked into oh god like the doom and gloom part of it and actually be able to create like uplifting stories so that other people could have that escapism so that's that's how it started and now three years later here's where we are (laughs) I did not know, or maybe I knew at one point and had forgotten. I did not know that Kincaid Pack One was your very first book. Yes, yeah, yeah. It was. It was so funny because, um, like, I got you to record that like through Tantor because, mm-hmm. like, I had gotten. I don't know. I, I like signed with uh, this company to like do the the audio rights for it, and I was like, sure. Like, I can't afford to publish audio right now. Might as well. And so, like, they were the go between between me and Tantor. <laughs> and I was like, wait, there was another level between you and Tantor. Yeah, like I never spoke directly to them. Like, oh. I, I had like an like an agent or whatever, like negotiating for me. Um which was its whole other thing. (laughs) Um, But so uh, like one of the things that I want, I was like, well, I want to like choose the narrative. Like I want, like, I want somebody like audition. Like I don't, but I didn't listen to a lot of audiobooks, So I was like, I don't know like who's popular, what's good. And like the first person that they sent me was Kurt. And I was like, oh, I know him because he does TJ's books. <laughs> I actually knew who you were and I was like, okay, cool. Of like, course. Can you like read this like couple of pages? And like you did, killed it, of course. And I'm like, sold. I don't know anything if it's like good or not, but I'm assuming it is because I like it. So, Meanwhile, and- on Tantor's side, they just entered gay werewolf and my name popped up. 
<laughs> probably. I wonder probably. if it's like as soon as they start typing gay werewolf, it's like, do you mean Kirk Griffin? Yeah. 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 <laughs> is, that, is that what you meant? Like, yeah. 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 So, I, I mean, it turned out like super well for me. And then when I did my first contemporary, I like, I remember I like messaged you. I'm like, am I allowed to like, yeah. like hire you myself? <laughs> you're like, yes. I'm like, yeah, like, please. Cool. Yes, please. <laughs> I'm like, you're the only narrator I know. So. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. Like that was still year one Kiki who didn't mm-hmm. know what was happening. <laughs> Oh, and so, well, and yeah. it, like that was also at a time when like audio was first catching on mm-hmm. yeah. in a real, like, in a, like, obviously there were people who were fans before that, but like right around the beginning of the pandemic was when people latched onto audio in a way they never had before. And it suddenly became important for consumers to have that option. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. in Mail Mail Romance, which happened before I saw it anywhere else in publishing, in Mail Mail Romance, there was clamoring for the audiobook to know who the narrator was going to be to know how fast it was going to come out after the book was released like yes that yeah. was it's, not and normal. it's only gotten like more like yeah 100 so many people with this last book um because it just came out and like leading up to the release they're like okay but when can i pre-order the audio and i'm like Listen, I did not have my shit together enough to have a pre-order, okay? Like, like you guys don't understand, like, the back end of it. I'm like, mm-hmm. but I'm like, Kurt Hazzy's going to start real soon. Like, it'll be it'll be real quick. It'll be right. quick. <laughs> I, think I just had to keep like, saying that over and over. Yeah, we need, like, a button that just says, I don't have my shit together. It's coming soon. Like, that's just author <laughs> right? mantra. Like, it's like, I'm trying my best. Because there's, there's, like, certain people, um, like uh, uh, Haley, who always have like pre-orders and like because she does like like one book a year and so she has like all of her ducks in a row like immediately and always has like this six-month pre-order on like everything and i'm like dude but she's i sent she's like a super adult like she's like a lawyer or something in her real life so she's like her whole life is like (laughs) i feel like she's got her shit together she's probably like if she ever hears it she's probably gonna be like lol no but i'm (laughs) like to me she seems like she's really got her shit together so it doesn't surprise me that she has pre-orders i was trying to get her to do the uh the anthology that um we have coming out in september and so i like messaged her last fall and she's like I like she her schedule is set like with her law firm like so far in advance like that's why she has her schedule the way that it is she was like um but you know if you do it again like let me know Mm -hmm. you're assuming that I'll be more like put together I was gonna say what she's saying is if you do it again tell me right now so I can commit to it for 2025 (laughs) yeah yeah I should have. I should have got her nailed down right then. Mm-hmm. Didn't so, so your very first book, which, by the way, congratulations, because I feel like I don't talk Thank to you. a lot of authors who actually publish their very first book. What do you mean? Yeah, well, like I mean, they'll write a book and they'll be like, "Okay, that was trash," and oh, then they'll write it, and then they'll fair. write another book and be like, "This is still bad," and then like by the third or fourth book, they're like, "I am comfortable letting other people read this." You know what I mean? Yeah, that's fair. Because I I have one of those. Those unspoken, like, never going to see the light of day because it's a dumpster fire novel. Like, it's the the process you have to go through to get to the point where you've written something that other people can see. Yeah, that's, there you go. You know what? You do get a gold star. (laughs) I I talk to a lot of authors. I know this is a thing that happens. Yeah, uh, it's funny because when I, like, if I go back and reread it, like, I can see all, like, 
that is probably like that book's probably at least 5,000 words too long. Like, but at the time, you know, I, you don't know what you don't know. And so Mm -hmm. I'm like, I'm okay with this. I think this is pretty good. So, um, you know, you put it out in the world and it happened to hit just right. Cause at the, at the time, there was very little shifter books that didn't have like the Mpreg element. Like it's, it's a very, very niche, like subgenre within MM romance, which is, which is kind of weird, but I mean, I guess it just, like, it makes sense. Cause Mpreg kind of, kind of blew up a little bit, but so people were like, Oh, like shifter without that aspect. Okay, cool. Like I'll give it a try. And I was like, okay be gentle Mm. (laughs) right it's you know but then i feel like there were several of us like that then started kind of kind of doing it um because maz none of yours have mpreg right no i don't do mpreg okay i didn't think so but i was like maybe one of the ones i haven't read does i never like to assume because yeah i know no for sure by somebody yeah um but yeah, and and like I don't know, there's there've been a couple of other people who like have come out, but 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 I feel like before that there was only like a handful. Otherwise, like if you were looking for shifter stuff, like that's that's what it was, you know. Yeah, you it was had, just like, part of it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You had like the the Amy Bellows with the with the penguins and you know, like that's just and and yeah, so it kind of I don't know, it was like the right time with the right thing, so. It did all how right. Did, how did you find male male romance as a genre? I I don't even. I've been reading it so long. I don't even remember like what the first book was that I read. I remember going from MF to MMF. Like there were certain series that I was reading that included it and actually had the sword crossing i hate that term but i love it at the same time and once there were two dicks you never looked back and i'm like um okay (laughs) so uh and i i don't know i i remember there was not a lot of choices at that point because that would have been like i don't know 2012 something Mm. like that and so it was like the few books being put out by dream spinner or should I say the publisher who shall not be named? Right. Um, and like that was that was like it. Like <laughs> there weren't really at that point, like I feel like self-publishing was really just just kind of getting going. And like at that point, nobody knew what the F they were doing. So like covers were trash, nobody was getting editing done. So you're like, you're picking it up and you're basically reading like fan fiction. Like you're not expecting much from it. And it's like the progress that we made even in 10 years is crazy awesome. Like now we spend like a thousand dollars on a cover and we're like, look at the pretty cover. (laughs) Yeah. I definitely feel like the, the genre is going through like a golden age. Like this is when you're starting to see, like we see MM romance now in Barnes and Noble, like people we know have books, which is, I never like never saw that for years. So yeah, it's a, it's a good age for MM romance in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And with several like YA uh, books getting like super mm-hmm. super popular um yeah. i feel like it's it's led people to being like oh this is a thing Ooh, i can get it with adults and spice <laughs> like mm-hmm. okay right? you know yeah. and so they like or you have like uh authors who are predominantly mf like serena and lauren and stuff 
who then also throw it in and people are like, oh, okay, I dig it. And then start looking for more. So it's definitely like, uh, it's, it's exploded. Even I remember when I first started publishing in 2020 and people were like, oh, there's so many new authors all the time, like little baby authors who don't know what they're doing, you know, like people who have been doing it for like three to five years and are mm-hmm. like the the grandparents of MM self-publishing. How quickly we go from being those like newbies and like two years in, we're like, I know everything. Like mm-hmm. it's, right? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And I, yeah. it's like, I feel like every single month there is even more and more and more mm-hmm. and more like yeah. it's it's crazy like there are so many authors who now I'm like I don't know who that is I used to know at least by sight I feel like 90% of the authors even if I hadn't read something by them because we're such a tight-knit online social media community right. like you at least recognize the names like because the they're getting recommended the covers are going around whatever mm-hmm. and now I'm like I don't know who, are you new? Oh no, you have like 10 books out. I just don't know who you are. (laughs) Yeah. I think that was like last year at GRL, there were so many names where I was like, wow, I don't know, like 75% of these people. And I don't know if I'm just out of the loop or if they're hiding in like a different spot of the internet that I haven't found. It's, it's crazy. It is. It is. It's all penguins and preg. (laughs) That's what it is. Yeah. (laughs) A large portion at least. Oh, yeah, I don't know. It's JRL is so funny to me because it's like the only convention where it's like it's, you know, first come first serve. Mm -hmm. So anyone like newbie authors, older authors, like anybody can get in like unlike other conventions where it's, you know, you apply and then they pick who they want to be there. So you get such a a wide array of, of people and it's not just the same old, same old. So, yeah, it was. Well, and for any listeners who don't know what GRL is, it's the Gay oh, yeah. Romance Literature Convention meeting. Yeah, we should probably say that. Gay, so, wait, Gay Romance Literature Retreat. Retreat, yeah. Yes. Retreat, yes. So, which we call GRL, so. Which for yeah. many years was like the only place you could go to get, to talk to people who were writing uh, boy love, male male romance, queer love, whatever the term you prefer is. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah. now it's like. Like you were saying, it's surprisingly popular and there are other places you can go. Um, not Allure Audiobook Con in Chicago, nope. I found out. Big time but... nope there. Oh, Although... really? Yeah. Yeah, we went to we went to a con last <laughs> September and it was a romance conve- convention and it was uh-huh. really supposed to bring together both the writers and the audiobook narrators and that was supposed mm-hmm. to be this whole cool thing. And so, and it's like Chicago's so close to us that it was like, yes, score, a relatively inexpensive con. Right. No, nobody knew who I was. Not a single person. Like, it was very man. much everybody knew each other except for the people who did not know anyone. And it was like us and A.M. Johnson was there. So I got to meet her, mm-hmm. which is cool. And I get to still talk to her and stuff. But like, yeah, yeah, it was that was it. It was just us. And we were like, OK, cool. And you can tell everybody knew each other. It was very I don't want to say clicky because that makes them sound like they were rude or something. But like just everybody knew. They're just clearly a part of the same community. Exactly. Like we are at GRL. Right. When you walk away feeling like, oh, my God. Am I a thing? (laughs) Like, am I a thing? The first time somebody ran up to me and was like, you're Kiki Clark. I was like, I am. Am I? Am I? Let me get like, some information. Like, like, turn yes. your badge over. Yeah. Let, let right. me get some information about you before we talk about this openly. <laughs> right. 
Right. But yeah, but oh. yeah, uh, I was cured of any notions I had of grandeur by going You're to this like, convention. It was humbling, wasn't it? Yeah. No, I'm not. Were people like and. And are you just getting started? Are you? And like, I looked up people who were going to this convention. I was like one of the more experienced narrators, like definitely oh in the God. top 10% as far as like experience. And mm-hmm. nobody had any clue. Who I, like, and what do you do? And what do you do? You're like, oh, hey, have you narrated I am gay werewolves, okay? I'm right, I am friends. gay werewolves. I st- I'm turning down gay werewolves. Oh my God. You know? Yeah, that's, oh, it's so, it's so funny because... Like our community has gotten so big, but it's still so small compared mm-hmm. to the to the ocean of romance. And so, yeah, we're we're big fish here, but out in the, out in the ocean, we're a little right? <laughs> well, speaking of making ponds smaller, <laughs> what we're talking about on this podcast is even is an even smaller subset of queer fiction, which is speculative fiction, sci fi, fantasy, romance. Um, what is it that drew you to that part of, of, in this case, the romance genre? Um, I think I just really liked, like, the, the faded mates aspect and being able to play with creating your own rules within the world. Like, like my books are set, like, in, in the real world, but there's, like, just enough difference because of the magic because of the shifters whatever that it feels different and like it's good and it's bad being able to create your own rules because then you have to remember all the rules you created so Mm -hmm. that's a whole thing but i i do i do really enjoy that and being able to create a problem and then coming up with a solution to it that you can you can do because you can create spells or you can you know you can do whatever you want it's like your imagination is the limit to it and like contemporary is nice but like you're you're very limited in what like your characters can do and 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 everything else so with with that aspect of it I just I don't know you get to like really stretch those those creative chops into okay I created this mess how do I fix it now and maybe causes stress sometimes but it is also Mm. very fun (laughs) you know and I hadn't thought about it until right now but like something Maz and I have talked a lot about is that like I and I don't mean to denigrate anybody out there who loves this but like I sometimes get frustrated with the romance novels where the only obstacles are internal Mm. like where the only thing keeping people apart is like their own misperceptions or self-doubt and like the obstacle that has to be overcome is like self-esteem Mm-hmm. Yeah, that I struggle with that as a narrator because it doesn't it doesn't capture my attention in the same way an external obstacle does. Right. Like I'm fine with people going through all the internal stuff as long as something else is happening in the book and they're also trying to like kill a wizard or right. Um, yeah. I don't know, you know, <laughs> right. <laughs> survive a, a, an attack from Empreg uh, penguins, something <laughs> like literally any you know. It's it just. That's the way my brain works. And now sitting here talking to you, it's like, oh, maybe that is why, like, this world of paranormal fiction appeals as much as it does. Because there is always, like, nobody builds a world in which magic and rules and shifters and then is like, well, it'll just be that, like, he's not sure his fur is good enough, you know? <laughs> 
Yeah. I'm very yeah. tempted to write that story now, though. Like, make this. I huge, won't narrate it. I, like, I won't this narrate huge, it. Crazy, like, <laughs> crazy world with, like, all these different shifters. And it's really about, like, one werewolf with bad self esteem because he's kind of patchy or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he had mange as a child and his fur yeah. just never grew back in. He's just yeah. a little off. He oh, just feels that's, unattractive. That's and, like, that's what has, that's the whole plot of the story. Yeah. That's Not the fact that he's a werewolf. Right. I was going to say, to a degree, Travis Baldry wrote that book. Kind of. Yeah, because like, um, Legends and Latte is like that. Like, you don't get to learn about right. the cool orc lady's past. It's about her just opening a coffee shop. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, that was super exciting. I right. love that entire damn book. All so right. I guess it can be done. Listen, I might be wrong about this. Yeah. Well, I, I don't know. I it is a fantasy like. world, though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was I a cozy like it, fantasy. Yeah, that's that's... That's the exception, not the rule. Yeah, so. It definitely mm. like if you're like if you're doing fantasy, paranormal, you know, whatever. Like mm. if you're going if you're going through the effort, like you're creating some sort of external conflict. And true, and, know, and like, with, you know what? With, even in that book, the real conflict is trying to open. Yeah. The yeah, she shop. did run into obstacles that those right. people showed up like trying to do a shakedown and mm-hmm. stuff, and she was trying to figure out the menu and. Being awkward, cute around that tiefling mm-hmm. girl, like yeah, there's some other so, shit happening. No, I take it back. Yeah. I still have not experienced a book in which there is a whole made-up fantasy world, and the issues are all internal. I mean, that's that's still fair. Stands. We're throwing down that's, the gauntlet right fair. now, yeah. Listeners, if you know of this book, let us know about it. Yeah, I'm. I'd be it's very interested. It's a challenge. Very interested. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, I feel like like mine don't have like. I don't know. Like the the couples generally don't have like a conflict keeping them apart necessarily, but like there is a lot of external stuff going mm-hmm. on. So it's only like part. It's only like part way that there's like well, internal stuff and external stuff. Right. But it's not like I don't know. They're not being like kept apart. It's just right. something else that is happening at the same time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they don't, I mean, those two things don't even have to be related. Like, you know, like the the romance can be advancing at the same time, like a totally separate plot is unfolding. And as long as something else is going on, <laughs> to me, it's it's really critical for me as a reader and as a narrator to like have that second plot to connect to, yeah. whether yeah. it has anything to do with the romance narrative at all. Yeah, and that's, that's okay, yeah, and that's that's fair, yeah. I don't, yeah, I don't know if I've ever, I don't, I don't think I've ever read anything that didn't have that. Contemporary, yes. And I've probably written it. My contemporaries are very light on plot, very fluffy, very steamy. But like the paranormal is like, you got, you have so much more going on. So, mm-hmm. and I, yeah, I don't think I've ever read one that didn't, didn't at least have like, uh, you know, either like a family dynamic or a pack dynamic or mm-hmm. something that is causing issues outside of that romance arc. Right. So. right. Hmm. Well, and even even in contemporary romance, though, like, all right, we are going to test my memory here. And this could be very <laughs> embarrassing because it is really hard to remember how many. You might have like, to edit the, this part out. The plot. It's really hard to remember plots of books mm-hmm. when you're sure, at like you number 200. Constantly. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I think in the book I narrated for you that isn't the Kincaid oh, the Pack, Laying Pipe. Yes. Mm-hmm. Laying okay, Pipe. I got, yes. I, I got the title. That's, I, I mean, I believe, that's I believe it was like a May, December thing. 
Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. And the real conflict was that the older guy was friends with the kid's dad. Yes. Not actually so, a kid. He was in his 20s. Sure, sure, sure. <laughs> Just putting that out there. Listen. Yeah, she's like, listen, this disclaimer. He's listen, 20 years old. At, at 38 now, 20, you're a kid. Yeah, for sure. You're, you're legally I mean, able to bang in a book. But other than that, you are a child to me. He was like 26, I feel like. But yeah. Sure, sure, sure. We'll go with that. Yeah. Um, so even yes, then, yeah. like in those books, like there is still that external yeah. factor. Sure. That's holding them apart, mm-hmm. you yeah. know. So not a lot. They they came together often and vigorously. Oh sure, sure, sure. Really. Oh sure, sure, sure. Yeah, no, 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 no. If I remember correctly, they come together quite often. Uh, m- much pipe hath been laid in Indeed. this book, um, but but they can't be publicly together and we can't have our happily ever after until they get past that teensy little detail of the dad probably being mad that your friend is boning your son yeah mm-hmm. yeah yes. like, you know that little tiny issue itty yeah. Bitty. yeah all right yeah. that's fair so all right so i'm a badass and i always have external conflict so well listen <laughs> i'm just gonna say that like i encourage it where appropriate I encourage it. <laughs> if, especially if you want me to narrate it I, uh, I just, well, like, I just get bored with it, mm-hmm. you know, like, I just don't think you can sustain a whole novel with just that. And yet people have tried. People have yeah. tried. Yeah. I get it. Like, like, and some people, some people can do like the internal angst, especially if you have like this really tragic backstory or whatever, like they can do it really well. But at a certain point, you're just like, okay, go to therapy. Right, <laughs> right. Do that before trying to get in a relationship. And <laughs> this book will go a lot faster. <laughs> oh, wouldn't that be great? Somebody write that book, a short novel. Maybe it's just a few chapters long. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I'm broken inside. I don't know how I can move on. And somebody's like, oh, you should go see a therapist. And they're like, okay. And then, they and then do. it's just six <laughs> months later. Hi. Six months later. <laughs> I'm feeling much better now. I've really sorted through some of my trauma and I'd like to take you on a date. And the guy's like, cool. And the other guy's like, amazing. Whole book. The end. Done yeah. and done. Whole book. Mm-hmm. Would you narrate that one? Well, if it's well done. <laughs> it's well I'm going to need to read it first. Okay. I'm being pickier these days. It's fair. When you're on oh, 200 something I mean, books. yeah, you're still a big fish in, in my pond. Wait, that sounded bad. You know what I'm saying. <laughs> Phrasing. That's going on a t-shirt. <laughs> you have to keep the, wait a minute. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Uh, I'm going to need pics when you are wearing it. <laughs> right. That's fantastic. Did you take a note about the merch? Okay, gotta take no- <laughs> She's got her tablet out. I was like, you take notes about merch. <laughs> was it big fish? In- You're still a big fish You're in my a- pond. In my pond, yes. Wait a minute. <laughs> in my yeah. pond. Wait a minute. <laughs> okay. Oh, I expect ten percent. <laughs> you know. It's very, that's shrewd, shrewd business lady right there. I, I try, I try. Mm-hmm. Oh. You ask questions now. Okay, I was going to I've been totally, I have, I have been totally 
steamrolling this whole no, conversation. You're good. you're good. I actually had a note since you write humor and romance. I was going to talk to you about that. Um, basically, I wanted to pick your brain about why you think humor and romance is important. Um, what if she, what, I would say, what if she was like, like it's not. No, I just... <laughs> She like her tagline has humor. Otherwise, I was gonna be like, "Wow, I'm an asshole." <laughs> yes, no, it does, and it's funny because like I think I'm funny, and like <laughs> I know there are, there are generally like certain lines in each book that like people are like, "Oh yeah, that's funny," but I'm not like Alice Winter's funny. <laughs> like, but I I think when you're writing, especially if something is a, is real heavy not that mm-hmm. i try not to write like too heavy of stuff but it, it's uh uh <laughs> i don't uh, think uh, K-Pack is that heavy but like uh, i have been told that this last book several people are like <laughs> i cried several times and i'm like huh big babies <laughs> yeah right? i don't know like it's hard for me to judge it from my end because like I'm living. Your it very I'm first it. book was about orphans. Technically, their dad didn't die until the very end. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Sure, sure. You know what? That's better. They were just abandoned children. Yes, their their mom died, and they were abused by their dad and stepmom. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know how um, she likes to keep it light. Yeah, it's super light and super funny. Hands were chopped off, and you know, oh, like. <laughs> I really came in with a bang. <laughs> um, and I'm like, but really, it's not that dark. <laughs> like, I compare myself to like Armin James and I'm like, I'm oh, like well. barely darker than Snow White. <laughs> like, like uh, you know, on the on the scale, like I'm his way over here and I'm like way over here. But I won't argue I, that it can get much darker. That's true. That's true. I don't know. The last two books, like the last book and then this one, um, the last one especially, there was a scene that as I was writing it, this isn't answering your question. I will get back to it in a second. But there was a scene as I was writing it where I had dictated the chapter. And then when I was going through it, I'm like, "Mm -mm, this doesn't hit hard enough. I want people to be crying into their Kindles. And so I erased it rewrote the entire chapter and i think it i think it hit i think it, i think it hit well um and then with this one there wasn't like a specific scene it was more because of the way the last book left off on the cliffhanger that doesn't immediately get resolved like there mm-hmm. is a lot of will he or won't he for you know 50 percent of the <laughs> No. <laughs> um, and it's not but, will he or won't he fall in love no oh, it's not that <laughs> oh okay i'm glad you clarified because i was like oh that sounds Mm-mm. Mm-mm. yeah no oh, okay. uh, was... <laughs> i don't want to spoil it for anybody who's listening who hasn't read the series but it is quite the cliffhanger but it does it does get resolved in the last book you just we all had to earn it we had to earn it hard um but as for humor i feel like especially when you're writing books with a little bit more weight to them a little bit more angst it's good to have those moments of levity and like i said a lot of times 
like the snark comments is I feel like it's just like me coming through and mm-hmm. I'm like hmm does that actually fit the character eh, I'm gonna leave it anyway <laughs> like this scene needs it it needs mm-hmm. a little bit of humor so I'm, I'm gonna leave that line even if even if it doesn't a hundred percent fit but that's usually me being too nitpicky so I don't think right. anybody's ever been like oh that line didn't fit that character you need to change it immediately I don't think I've ever gotten that email so I think we're good well, I mean, the whole book has to have your voice in it, right? Mm-hmm. That's true. Like, I, I, people aren't under the impression that, like, many different people wrote the book. So, and, like, I have, to, I get reminded of that sometimes, too, by, like, my coaches who are, like, if you try to get too hung up on, like, voice differentiation or, like, creating really unique characters by the time you're at book six in a series and it's, like, how do I have any more fucking voices? Mm-hmm. And, like, sometimes I just need the reminder that, like, People are not under the impression that this is a full cast recording. Right? Like they know <laughs> you're just one person. <laughs> right. Yeah. They know you're a person reading them a book. So like yes. give yourself some grace and take some pressure off. Um, Cause like Oh my God, yeah. And, and what you do is amazing because I get compliments all the time on the audiobooks for the Kincaid pack. Like all the time. People are like, Kurt do does I. such a such a good job. Like, I'm like he's amazing like i don't have anything to do with that but (laughs) like oh he does such a good job with the different characters and different voices and i'm like he's good (laughs) you're like let him know that i that wasn't me (laughs) no no they do they do i mean people people are very complimentary people are very complimentary about i think the series in general like it's Mm -hmm. it's i think quite popular based on the number of mentions i see of it as as things come out especially yeah yeah, it's definitely my most popular series thus far. So that made finishing it extra scary. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, like, not only is, okay, we want to make sure that we do a good job and give the ending, because there was the series-long plot arc, like, you want to wrap that up in a satisfactory way, mm-hmm. but not overshadow that individual couple's romance. Because at the end of the day, it is a romance novel. And so for me, like, as I worked on it, like, that was the biggest struggle was making sure that it hit all of the, all of the notes that I wanted it to as a finale without making that feel like it's overshadowing Carter and Damien's story. Like, it's still very much their story. At least I hope that's the way it comes off to other people. Right. That seems to be the gist of what I'm seeing online, but, you know. Who knows? <laughs> well, you know how people are so quiet when they have a bad opinion. They just really like to keep it to themselves. So you probably you true. probably wouldn't you probably wouldn't hear That's about true. it if somebody didn't yeah. like it. That's probably yeah. You're right. Obviously. Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> if anybody is uh. unsure, that was sarcasm. <laughs> I feel like anyone who's ever used the internet was like, hmm, that's not my experience with the internet. That sounds wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, but, uh, but yeah. But you know what? I say keep writing all the snark and sarcasm into the characters that you can, because that's one of the things that's going to help me keep a job. Because AI will never be able to narrate snark and sarcasm. That's that's 100% true. I mean, Mm -hmm. I don't know, maybe in 20 years they can, but... I don't, I don't know that they can hit it, like, that it'll ever be able to hit the exact right, like, emphasis that you need to really, to really get that across with a character, like, I don't know. 
I know people are like, oh, it's going to be so much cheaper. And I'm like, yeah, but you get what you pay for at mm-hmm. that point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this, I mean, so. especially with those, those elements, like you need to have lived a lifetime of bullshit to be able to deliver some, some of these lines that I get in books <laughs> right. fairly regularly. And every time I come across one of those passages, I'm like, thank goodness. Cause this <laughs> is goodness. what will save us. Yeah. You know, like happy, sad, angry. Those are all easy. Snarky saying something that somebody might think is nice, but you know, it's not, you know, <laughs> yeah, like not. those sorts of things. It's like <laughs> subtext. Yeah. Very helpful. Subtext. So authors everywhere. Keep writing your snarky, sarcastic, <laughs> snark, facetious yeah. side characters. Cause we need Will them. Do. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, Maz, I don't know if I actually answered your question satisfactorily, satisfactorily to your satisfaction. <laughs> no, that was good. Yeah, yeah. Just I okay. was going to see, like, I, that's kind of how I felt, too, about writing humor okay. and romance. It's like, yeah. there's a line, I forget who exactly said it, but, like, when everything is dark and gloomy and everything, like, it's at the worst part for the love of God, tell a joke kind of thing. Like, yes. especially when you have harder hitting, hitting storylines like orphans and missing hands and death and such. Uh, cracking a joke. You make it sound so dark. (laughs) Hey, I'm just picking up the vibes that are being laid Uh, out there, okay? She's not making it sound anything. (laughs) I just said back what just got put on the table. Okay. There are other things also in the book, yes. Mm -hmm. Like humor. There's there's humor and there's much sexy times. Okay. That's true. Good. true. Mm -hmm. I don't know. And shifters that actually shift. That's another pet peeve of mine. So when they don't shift? I think it was book two in that series. I had written the, I think the entire book and I sent it to my beta reader and she was like, this is great. Except there was no scene with Bennett in his tiger form. And I was like, ah, oh, shit. <laughs> like, uh, you get so caught up in every other, like all of the other stuff that mm-hmm. like there wasn't like a pack run or any, like a scene like that for it. And so I like, I was like, okay, well, like you have to have that. It's a shifter. It's a shifter book. Like you have mm-hmm. to have them shifted. And so I went back in and wrote a scene that I ended up really liking where it's just kind of like them being like cute in their shifted forms. And so but yeah. Right. And like, maybe I would have written you and be like, excuse me, ma'am. Excuse me, ma'am. <laughs> I've, never, I've never met you. I was like, but this is one of my pet peeves. And this We've book has no spoken. shifting. It's all about shifters. And there's no shifting. Ugh. Or all of the shifting happens off page. It's like, what is happening here? Yeah, yeah. What is happening now I want to know about yeah. that part. Um, can I ask you one more question, please? No. <laughs> I mean, yeah, sure. Go ahead. <laughs> is that Paul Hollywood behind you? It is. I like to have I him didn't watching even over see me. that. Why? I feel like you mean what a great idea. It's his cookbook. Like a oh. book. Girl, I thought it was I thought you framed a photo of Dude, Paul no, no, Hollywood and book. you just had it in your house. I thought it was no, a no. cutout that you had posted just over something. And I was uh. like, okay, that is a motivation tool I've never seen before. Nope. And I love it. it. So it's much actual. less weird than I was thinking. Because that <laughs> Doesn't it look like the, a Yeah, because it blocks the title. Oh, that yes. little the the the, what is it, the stitchy thing. thing. Cross yeah. stitch. Yeah, yeah yes. it blocked the title. And I was like, 
This girl has a framed photograph of Paul Hollywood just hanging out behind her. I would. Like, if I wanted somebody from the Great British Bake Off to be looking over my shoulder, I don't think it would be Paul Dude, Hollywood. I would be stressed his, every time I turned around. Yeah. But his eyes are so blue. Like, He's intense. He is intense. And I, I can't like cook, it. so it makes it like extra anxiety. Because he'd be like, why are you here? And I'm like, I don't know. Don't yell. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, now that we've answered that question. That, that burning question that's been bothering that you the entire question. time. The fact that I've heard anything you've said for the last 50 minutes is a miracle. <laughs> because of the Paul Hollywood? Because I've just been looking at Paul Hollywood the whole time. Mm.